Oh, the sounds of summer. They're coming. Everybody's awake and alive out there this morning. This is Jen Arnimo here from Mind Body Whole Wellness. Here this Sunday morning to talk about self-care. Freedom through self-care, the whole theme of this podcast. And today I'd like to talk about what exactly self-care is and what that might look like. Kind of the areas to focus on when, if you're new to the idea of self-care or maybe you're along the same lines as when you hear self-care, you think, oh, I need to go for a massage or get my hair done or something like that. And I just, I want to go, I want to go a lot deeper than that. Um, Self-care to me is what has brought me back from, um, feeling like a place where I wasn't myself, brought me back from a big lack of awareness as to what I was doing in my life to keep myself um, numbed out and unaware. And so um, I'm going to break this down today into two pieces, an A piece and a B piece. So to me, self-care is really about, um, number one, connecting to yourself. And then from that ability... Um, connecting to others. So the whole idea of self-care is that it is this really, uh, it is connection. It's connection to yourself, it's connecting to others. So for the first part, connection to self, what does self-care look like? What is it? And I really want to talk about baby steps here. This doesn't have to be a one day, one week self-transformation. Um, it's about committing to time for yourself and uh, creating di- uh, daily priorities, like a daily um, non-negotiables for what you need for your self-care. And that's going to be different for each person. So under the heading of connection to self, I want to look at a couple of different um, areas. The first one being physical. So our physical bodies. How are we taking care of ourselves on a day-to-day basis? Um, are we getting enough rest? Are we getting enough sleep? Do we have time to relax and play? Um, What are we putting into our bodies and not just food? Um, What are we putting into our, you know, all areas of our life? What are we intaking through our senses? What are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we eating? Um, Who are we spending time with? These are all um, really important areas that contribute to our overall wellness. Um, how are we um, supplementing our bodies or how, what kind of nutrition are we getting? Or what are we doing to help support our bodies detoxifying and cleansing themselves? And again, on all those other levels, but we'll focus on physical to begin with. Even knowing uh, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, because I know growing up, it was the uh, I think the kind of social norm to be expected that you would get up and even through the school system, we'd all have to present in front of the class and you're expected to um, to be able to socialize and speak well with other people. And we're not all built the same. Some of us are introverts. Some of us recharge on our own in, in you know, time to ourself in silence and solitude and other people recharge in the company of others. And so knowing that about yourself and not thinking you're weird because, um, you know, you need to recharge your batteries by spending an hour or two or three days in the bush by yourself, like knowing what it is that you need specifically 
Um, and being able to communicate that with the people in your life, um, seeking to understand the differences. And so knowing if maybe, um, maybe the person in your life, the person you share your life with, recharges with people or in social situations that, that you each have an understanding that you're different and that you can give uh, each other the time and space to meet those needs for self-care for each other. Uh, knowing what fills your cup. So under each of these headings, I'll, we'll talk to the different pieces of connection for yourself, connection to self, um, what that might look like, and then what it is for you. Like, so what is writing down or taking notes, um, and I do have a worksheet for this whole subject, so I'll upload this on my on my mindbodywholewellness.com webpage. And you can feel free to print it out and use it. Print it out and listen to the podcast and kind of fill along as you go. And if there's any areas or any ideas that I mentioned that feel like they'll work for you, then feel free to put it down. This is about just starting initially to bring awareness to this subject and then really creating um, a routine that will work for you in your day-to-day -day life. So back to physical. Sleep, uh, rest, relaxation, play, nutrition, even meal times. Like when are you eating? Uh, I know for me, I've been trying to get off um, heartburn, heartburn medication that I started when I started working in corrections. Oddly enough, um, the two go hand in hand. So I found a big piece of supporting my body is intermittent fasting. So every night before I stop eating around seven o'clock at night and I don't eat till seven o'clock in the morning. And that has given my body um, time to really switch in between the two um, mechanisms of digestion. Our liver, our pancreas um, are creating two different sets of enzymes, one for metabolism and one for digestion. So they can't, it can't do both at the same time. So when you give your body nice long breaks in between meals, um, you give you give all those organs time to do the proper functions and also time to switch between digestion and metabolism. So for me, that's something that's really worked. Um, when I was bodybuilding, I was eating on a timer every three hours, and I don't think that gave my body enough time to digest in between and it and didn't give enough um, in Ayurveda, which is like the sister science to yoga, um, we talk about digestive fire. And so if you're having digestive issues, really knowing what it is that your body needs for your constitution and everybody is different, um, knowing what that digestion needs for support. And for me, it really looks like nice long breaks in between. So that's something to think about too, if um, digestion is an issue that challenges you. Um, knowing what body systems for you need support. So is it digestion? Um, is it your muscular system, your muscles, your joint, uh, sorry, your joints and bones? Is it your cardiovascular system? Uh, is it your hormone system? Like knowing what it is that's challenging you and how can you best support those areas? Your immune support. Um, are you doing things to take care of your body so that it can be its strongest version of itself and fight off all the germs and pathogens and um, external threats that are out there in the natural environment? But knowing, too, that all these different layers of our physical body, these different systems, are really working together to create that immunity. So if you're not getting enough sleep, um, if you're not getting adequate nutrition, the immune system doesn't have the energy 
doesn't have the energy to maintain a healthy immunity. And stress is a big piece in there too. And I talked about this last week with uh, the, the stress response and longevity, is that our immune system needs us to be in our parasympathetic nervous system. So in, um, in that calm where we shut off fight or flight, where the body is able to rest, relax, digest, and heal itself. And so if we're constantly in fight or flight, and whether that's being triggered by an external circumstance like our work environment, or we're doing it to ourselves, and we're watching violent movies uh, when we get home from a long shift, or we're listening to, um, you know, watching the news 24-7, or the phone is, you have all of your notifications going off on your phone and it doesn't matter what you're doing, you run to that phone every time you hear the ding. These are all things that are keeping that fight or flight uh, our sympathetic nervous system turned on all the time. And so you think the amount of stimulus that we get in one day, if we're not being aware of how much we're letting in through our sensory system, uh, eyes, ears, uh, taste, all of those different um, aspects of our sensory intake system, if we're not mindful of that, we're never giving our bodies chance to go into parasympathetic. And we need that daily reset uh, to have strong immune systems. Final piece of physical self-care is movement. What it what is it that our bodies need? What movement do your does your body love? Because if you hate running, um, then probably don't pick running as your mode or your aspect of movement for your body. Find something that you find joy in doing. Uh, for me, I love swimming. So I'm out there swimming in Lake Superior from probably May to October. It's like a moving meditation to me. I love being in the water, near the water. Um, so yoga, another great practice that my body loves doing. So I'm going to do it every day if I love it. Uh, you know, home workouts, doing an insanity workout, those kinds of things where I know I'm working out on my own because for me, I'm an introvert. Um, I like to recharge by myself. So I like to work out alone. I like to do activities where it's just me, my body and the environment. Um, so that works for me. So starting to think about some of those aspects of um, what it is that you need specifically to recharge your batteries, what it is your body loves, the systems of your body that need support, um, what and when are, are you eating, and what kind of sleep routine do you have, what kind of um, activities do you do to relax and recharge. Um, so looking at those different aspects that specifically are tailored for you and what works in your life day to day. The second piece that I want to speak to, uh, connection, connecting to ourselves, is our mental and emotional layer or area of our life. So mental, um, thinking about mindset, uh, being bringing awareness to our belief systems, wh whether that was you know programmed into us as kids, uh, in school by our peers, you know our family, our social circles, um, any kind of belief systems, uh, and looking at maybe what are some of the beliefs, the conditioning that no longer serve us. When we're growing up, when we're born, from about, I don't know, about maybe 18 months to seven years old in that window there, we're really forming our belief system. Um, and it's based heavily upon what our external circumstances are. Are our needs being met? 
Are we um, being shown connection by our caregivers? Um, what are the you know what are the belief systems that are being put in place? Um, for me, for example, I got uh, being the oldest. There was a lot of um, you know caregiver role implanted. Um, I grew up in a family where you were really independent and you learned to do all the things that you, so that at least you knew a little bit about everything so that you could be independent and self-sufficient. Um, there wasn't a lot of fear-based thinking. It was very much, um, you know, big girls don't cry and um, you should be able to do things yourself and don't ask for help. And, you know, some of these things which um, make me a really strong independent person but when you're talking about trying to connect in a relationship, whether it's a friendship or family or, you know, an intimate relationship, uh, struggling with asking for help or looking, quote unquote, weak. And so all those natural conditionings really set me up beautifully for a career in corrections where there is this strong armor needed to do the job. But again, on the flip side, when you're going into these behaviors and belief systems without conscious awareness, these strengths can also, um, you know, challenge you when they're applied to things that require vulnerability and softness and connection. Like being in a being in an intimate relationship is really hard when you don't ask for help and you think you can do everything yourself, uh, and you think you're always right. Those are uh, those are going to ca cause challenges you know, even though they might be strengths in different areas. Um, knowing what your likes and dislikes are and how tightly, how strongly tied are you to those things? Um, for example, uh, I really like wine and I really like good wine, but how strongly am I tied to that like? Am I gonna let that like of, or that love of wine um, ruin my night if I go out to a social evening and all there is is you know, an average wine, or going to a restaurant that I really don't like? Am I going to let that affect my whole night and ruin my night because it's not what I wanted? Or can I play in the experiment and just be curious about well, what would happen if I drank this wine or went to this restaurant that I maybe don't want to go to? Um, can I still be in the moment? Can I still enjoy the company of the people I'm with? Um, even if it's not hitting, you know, checking all my boxes. And so really watching yourself. So all of this life becomes this playful experiment in curiosity and watching and knowing yourself. Because when we get upset or when we get thrown off, out of sorts, um, our tendency is to want to blame or put it on something external, something outside of ourselves. Um, this is one of the functions of our brain is to... Um, is to, you know, make ourselves feel better, to dissipate the, the perception of pain, whether it's actual physical pain or, or mental or emotional pain. And can we, when we put, point the finger outside of ourselves, it makes us feel better. But what I would encourage you to do is to notice where your stuff shows up in that. Because 99% of the time when we get upset by something, it has nothing to do with the other person. It is about what we're projecting on that on that situation. What it, what about our stuff is rubbing up against the edge of that situation? And so um, throughout my edge yoga school experience, we call the shadow work. So really getting into some of what your conditioning and programming is. It's really interesting work. It's not always pleasant. A lot of times uh, I've found that um, 
where am I in this is I am, I am the problem. And uh, the only way that I could make things better was to do the work on myself. So that's that mental, that mental piece. Emotionally, um, where are you numbing out from life? What are you using to cope with things that you don't want to feel? And this emotional coping, numbing piece was a big part for me waking up four years ago going, I just, I feel numb. Why, like, why can't I connect with other people? Why don't I feel myself? Um, and so in corrections, um, alcohol was a big one, using that to numb out at the end of a really hard shift. Um, and so for me, it obviously it doesn't mean quitting drinking forever, but no, having a mindfulness around whatever it is your coping uh, strategies are, your coping tools, and are you, so are you using them um, because you don't like the way you're feeling? Are you using them when you're, um, when you don't want to feel or when you're feeling too much? Or is it something that you do when you're celebrating and you're happy? So the intention behind your activities is a big piece too, right? So can I have a glass of wine when I'm celebrating um, a wonderful life event, celebrating a meal with friends, or am I drinking every time I come home from shift because I just watch somebody try and kill themselves? Like those are two big differences. And so again, bringing that awareness to the what and why it is you're doing things. Um, because when we cut off ourselves uh, when we're using that numbing, when we numb out from the bad, the stressful, the overwhelming, the anger, the pain, the hurt, we also shut down our ability to feel joy, happiness, connection, um, love, all of those good emotions. So bringing awareness to what it is you're doing that might be blocking the good. And then knowing what your tendencies are when things get really hard. Um, do you want to turn on Netflix? Do you want to go to the ice cream in the freezer? Do you want to eat chocolate? Um, do you want to online shop? Do you want to watch TV? Um, whatever that coping mechanism, maybe you, you, you use sex as a coping mechanism. So even with things that can be good and pleasurable and joyful and connected, uh, what is the intention behind that activity? Is it a celebration? Is it connection? Or is it numbing? Is it coping? And is it using being used to block out something else that you don't want to address? So kind of starting to bring awareness on all those different layers. So we've got the physical, we've got the emotional mental. Um, then we have the energetic. And this is the layer that weaves in between the two. So you can call it the breath layer, you could call it prana, you can call it the energetic layer. It is um, a more subtle layer of our somas of our bodies of our beings and as far as thinking about a daily practice or a self-care tool having this um, having the self-care tool of breath practices is the most easily accessible you have it with you at all times your breath is the best tool for creating calm both on your physical layer and on the mental layer breath is um, an aspect of our physiology that is or can be both conscious and unconscious. So you, if you don't think about it, 
you never stop breathing. You just, when you fall asleep, you go into a deep sleep, you still keep breathing. It's an automatic um, function of our physical bodies. But it can also be conscious. It can also be controlled. We can do breath practices. We can change um, the way we breathe. We can bring awareness to how we're breathing. And we can use those breathing tools to calm our nervous system. So the nervous system, again, is an autonomic function. It's, a, it's an autopilot function of our bodies um, that functions all the time to keep us alive. Same with the breath. But we can use it consciously um, to alter, alter the state of our nervous system, of our, of our physiology, of our physical bodies, and as well as our mental bodies. So learning breath practices can help um, calm our heart rate, calm blood pressure, help with digestion, and then on the mental realm, can help with anxiety, depression, um, racy mind, can help uh, prepare us for sleep. Breath is that, that thread that weaves um, so beautifully between the two layers of, of physical and mental aspects of ourselves. And then the fourth aspect of connection to self, uh, whether you want to call it spiritual or, um, or just connection. So whatever that looks like for you, what do you need? What does the time or space look like for you to take, to go inward, to connect to yourself? What brings you joy? Um, is it meditation? Is it a walk in nature? Um, is it connecting... Um, you know, going for a bath, going for a hike, uh, ha having a sauna, whatever that looks like for you, just to take some silent space for yourself every day. If it means, you know, setting the alarm half an hour earlier and getting up and having a cup of coffee by yourself. Um, if, if that's what you need to do to get that alone time, that time to connect every day, um, then doing that, creating that space. And all of these aspects of connecting to our physical self are really helpful if we share them with the people we share life with. So if you're sharing a household with someone and you know that your need for self-care time is an hour before everybody gets up, then letting everybody know that um, so that you can support each other in creating those pockets of time for yourselves. Because when we can take time to connect to ourselves, uh, take care of our physical bodies, our emotional, mental bodies, um, using that breath as a tool and finding time to connect to ourselves, then we, we fill our cup. We can show up every day in the fullness of ourselves and the best version of ourselves to connect to others, especially the ones that we, you know, share life with in, in, in our homes. Because when you can create this container for yourself and you can look at your shadow work and you can look at your belief structures and you know what it is you need to recharge, then you have that appreciation um, for others. And when you're showing up and looking to connect with other people, we really want to come from this place where we're seeking to hear and see and understand, not necessarily agree. So knowing yourself really well and having a lot of compassion and understanding for maybe why you did things, why your patterns were, you know, this way or why you numbed out with this for so long. When you have a compassionate understanding for yourself 
and all the different versions and that we are all really doing the best that we could with the tools that we had at the time, then you can bring that same compassion and understanding to your relationships and give people a lot more, um, a lot more freedom, like a lot more um, just understanding, patience, um, compassion for the people are really doing the best that they can with the tools they're at. And if somebody has never been taught or shown awareness or brought awareness to the fact that they, you know, don't have those tools, then we can, there's a lot more space. Um, relationships can be a lot more um, beautifully connected when we're not showing up with judgment and criticism and lack of understanding. So as far as connecting to others, this relational realm of our lives, um, whether it's, you know, with our partners, our family, our friends, our community, or more on the global scale, you know, what we're bringing back to the world. Um, having healthy boundaries, so both for yourself, we talked about time every day to connect to yourself, whatever that looks like, um, and then time to connect with the people, with the relationships in your life, and what does that look like, and can you prioritize the important ones? Um, so this is all going to be falling under those non-negotiables for yourself daily. Um, scheduling and making time, so you know, really prioritizing. Um, looking at the different time restraints or time draws on your life. If you're watching Netflix for six hours a night, uh, but you don't have time you know, to call your best friend every week, maybe looking at that and being, okay, there's some things that could shift here in my schedule. Um, I'm probably ridiculously organized, but um, if, that's, if organization and planning is something that you struggle with, um, I really advocate for having, like having a schedule. Just look, even if it looks like a month schedule and time blocking. So when you create this list of your non-negotiables, and you only need three, three non-negotiables for yourself every day. If you want to start with baby steps, you can go three non-negotiables for yourself for the week. But blocking those time in your schedule sometime and then starting to commit to that so that throughout your week or eventually your day that you're making sure that you have time for those three things. So for me, my three daily non-negotiables are my three M's, meditation, movement, and meaning. And if I can get those three things in day to day, I feel like I'm the best version of me in that day. So every week, week to week on Saturdays, I'll go through and I'll block out my next, the week ahead. And I have, everything's color coded and, you know, fairly organized. I have my little block for my movement time of the day. So I have um, an hour every day de dedicated to get in some kind of movement, whether that's doing an insanity workout, going for a swim, going for a walk, um, going for a hike with a friend, something um, that my body loves for movement. It Movement for me is a great way for me to clear my mind, to get rid of excess energy, um, to just feel really clear. Um, meditation every morning. Um, six o'clock in the morning, I like to do a you know about an hour-long meditation with the sunrise. That works for me. Uh, but I also don't have um, a lot of other distractions. I can do that because I work from home and I don't have kids. And um, and that may change as, as my life changes as far as having that time. But right now I have the time and the space 
and that hour of meditation every morning is a is for me feels like the my strongest tie to connection to myself. I feel like I'm plugging into creative energy. Um, it's my inspiration for where my podcasts come from, where my lesson plans come from. Um, people's faces will pop into mind that I'll reach out to that day. It is like I literally picture this plug-in coming from the top of my head and plugging into the universe and just being open to inspiration. So that meditation piece is definitely one of my daily non-negotiables. The third one is meaning. And so out of that inspired um, piece from meditation, um, finding a way to give back with my passions, my talents, um, with my lot in life, how, how do I use these things to give back and create meaning, to create purpose, to feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing here? Um, so for me, that's teaching, teaching yoga, uh, teaching on self-care, um, creating opportunities to connect with other people, um, to offer and teach about tools, share about my life experiences, anything that um, I've been doing that can help bring more freedom to other people. For me, that is my dharma, that's my purpose, is, is creating those opportunities um, for connection and teaching tools for freedom. Um, so meditation, movement, and meeting. If I make time for those things every day, then um, every day is a great day no matter what happens. So starting to use um, the self-care tool worksheet to create three non-negotiables for yourself. And if it's for the week or if it's for the day, um, knowing that you're taking that intentional time to prioritize those areas that may be challenging you the most um, and creating time and space to recharge in those aspects of your self-care. You know, how you want to prioritize those connections. And this was a big learning point for me. And I talked about this on the first podcast about this armor that we wear. So when we're, when we're kids, we develop these survival personalities to get those basic needs met. So not just, you know, being fed and watered and, and cared for and housed and clothed, but we have an innate need as human beings for, for connection, um, to, be, uh, to have a sense of belonging. A lot of Brene Brown work in there. If you're focusing on relationships and connection, uh, vulnerability, shame, those things, Brene Brown's whole um, body of work has been so fantastic for me. Um, it was a big awareness piece for me in knowing what I was doing to sabotage my relationships. So if relationships is an area of focus for you, get yourself some Brene Brown. Um, fantastic reading. Where was I going with that? I don't know. But really, um, really creating these boundaries for you and, and your relationships and knowing what you're, knowing what you're letting in, being able to say no to the things that aren't serving you. Um, so that you can, oh yes, the armor piece. Letting go of your armor, um, if you need it to do your job, or, um, you know, being able to start learning to take it off so that you can really connect genuinely with people. Um, our stories are our biggest piece to connect with other people. Being able to be honest and vulnerable and have conversations um, that are hard and do hard things. My mantra lately has been, uh, I can do hard things. Um, 
you know, even doing this podcast on a week-to-week basis. Sitting down and doing it once I'm started, I'm good, but it, there's a lot of, um, we hold ourselves back when we come up against our our edge of our comfort zone. So weekly doing an experiment that puts you out of that, like we live in this little box and can you keep reaching outside of your comfort box um, and stretching yourself and growing and you end up doing these amazing things that you never thought you could. Um, there's We have so much unlimited potential within us and so taking some time to know what your gifts are, what your passions are, and how can you use those to start giving back um, to the global community, to your community around you, to your family, to your friends. So those are the two aspects of self-care for me. Connection first to yourself, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and then connection to others, relational. So having spoken to those, so what, what does it look like for you? So print yourself off the worksheet, Start giving it some thoughts, um, knowing what your main stressors are and the best way to recharge from that stressor. So there's a there's three columns on the worksheet. Uh, first one, you would go through all those different areas we just spoke to and write down your biggest stressors from them. The second one would be what would recharging look like for you in that area? And then the third column is joy. What is it, what is it gonna look like to bring relief um, and then to bring in joy, to bring in play, something that is gonna really refill and recharge you on that aspect of yourself. And then instead of not so much a to-do list, but a to-feel list, how do you want to feel? And this comes from Danielle Laporte's work. Um, She does uh, desire mapping. Her book, White Hot Truth, is fantastic. Um, And her focus is really on what are your core desired feelings? How do you want to feel on a day-to-day basis instead of what do I want to accomplish or what are my goals? How do I want to feel? Because so often we have this whole uh, bucket list of things to do in our life. Uh, when I succeed, I will have this. When this shows up in my life, I'll be happy. And instead taking away that external focus on what we want um, or our goals and changing that around to thinking about how do we want to feel? So for me, my, my CDFs, my core desired feelings are uh, freedom, inspiration, and connection. And those have been a main theme in the last um, year of my life. Um, how, what can I bring into my life? What does the work need to look like? What does my movement in my body need to look like? What are my relationships need to look like so that I feel connected, free, and inspired on a day-to-day basis? So those three main ways that I want to feel in all those different aspects of my life. I want my breath to feel free. I want my body to feel uh, free and connected. My relationships, um, my mind. Um, And then so from those, you know, really desired ways that I want to feel on a day-to-day basis, what are my three non-negotiables? And what are your three non-negotiables? And so this whole idea of self-care is what can I bring into my life on a daily basis that will help support me recharging, and showing up as the best version of myself so that I can connect to others fully. So, going through the list and starting to look at some of these things. Um, And then we have tools. So there's a whole range of tools that help on these layers. Um, Learning breath practices, um, 
being in your body. So using that breath to help calm both body and mind. This is why yoga is a beautiful practice. And yoga, not just as exercise, the meaning of yoga is, uh, is a yoking, a tying, um, overcoming the roaming tendencies of the mind. So bringing the body to a place where it can be still, aka self-care, time to connect to yourself so that you can start digging into with awareness, um, overcoming and bringing yourself to a place where you are calm and still and peaceful, joyful, blissful, happy, all those things um, in mind and body. So this is the practice of yoga. Any and all things in all of those areas that we talked about um, to help bring calm and peace and joy into those layers of the body. Why Soma Yoga is such a beautiful practice. We're combining breath practices, movement practices, meditation and um, mindfulness practices to start calming the nervous system down. And when we calm the nervous system down, um, the body becomes calm and and the mind becomes calm. And when we're in our parasympathetic nervous system, the body can heal itself. Um, our immune systems are strong. Our digestion functions properly. We sleep really well. We are able to connect to people on a genuine, deep and real level. Um, taking care of all those aspects, those six pillars of wellness, um, you know, feeding ourselves properly, moving our bodies in the ways that they love, um, rest, relaxation, pl relaxation, play, um, and self-awareness. All of those different um, aspects are great places to start for the physical body. And then as far as connection, asking for help, support if you need it, um, whether that's calling a helpline or calling a friend or reach, finding a teacher. And the teachers can come in a number of different ways. You can find a book, you can listen to a podcast, you can um, go to a class, you can go back to school, you can talk to your most respected person that you know. Um, and knowing who those people are, that who you'd take advice from, there's very few people um, in this world that I would go to for advice. A, because I believe that we have all the answers that we that we need inside us if we create time to really listen and listen to that internal voice of intuition because it's going to be different from everybody else. And knowing what feels right in your body and really listening to that, and I talked about that uh, in the last podcast, um, finding ways to self-soothe, to take care of yourself internally so that you're not reaching for those numbing coping behaviors. Cultivating friendships, community, uh, relationships, um, learning to be present, learning to find um, gratitude and appreciation for what exists in your life right now should nothing change. Um, all events, circumstances that are coming in, whether we perceive them as good or bad, um, they're really just neutral, but they're all of our, they're all our teachers. And can we um, show up day to day uh, fully experiencing what we experience and using that, um, using those circumstances, those life experiences to either grow or to stagnate. And I'm going to talk about this next week. We're going to get into yoga therapy uh, and somatic education. 
And so really getting into the tools, the tools of self-care. So I've talked about the subjects today and what they might look like for you. The next uh, few weeks, I don't know if I'll do the full 10 weeks, but um, my yoga therapy series that I'm starting to teach this Sunday, or today, this Sunday, um, is going to have an education piece built into it. So each week we're going to talk about a different layer of 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 yoga therapy, specifically related to chronic pain therapy. So this reflects through all those different layers of the body, physical, mental, emotional, um, spiritual, relational. Um, getting into the education piece on how we can, uh, what the tools are specifically to start bringing more freedom into these different areas, these different aspects of our self-care. So that's my piece on self-care. Um, I have it set up as a workshop, but um, it also works as a podcast. So feel free to get yourself that um, that worksheet from mindbodywholewellness.com and start playing with some of these things. If you're looking to up-level freedom in your life, to bring in some self-care, to start really taking time for yourself, if you're feeling like you're burnt out and you don't want to be the one that gets the leftovers anymore, um, this is a good place to start. So where do you seek freedom? Where do you want to bring more freedom into your life? Uh, what do you need today? What's your body trying to tell you? And are you going to listen? Are you going to listen to it when it whispers to you? Can you cultivate that time and space to listen to the whispers? Or do you want to be, just ignore it and not listen and keep pushing through and I don't need that extra hour sleep I'm going to just work through this next piece. I'm not going to work out today. I'm just going to keep working. Because um, your body's going to start to scream. And I think traditionally, um, as a society, we you know we wear this busyness as a badge of honor. And we push. And we're driven to succeed. And in, in all these societal ways that we've set up as our markers of success. Um, but I really want to encourage you to just, how do you want to feel? And using feeling good as your marker of success, not anything else. So that you can listen to the body whisper before it stops you in its tracks, before you um, get sick, before um, you ruin a relationship, before you, you know, you do damage to your body. So take today as a new, new beginning. Um, I encourage you to focus on what it is that you want to how that how you want to feel how you feel day to day is so much more important than what you do uh, energetically you're a, you're a magnet you're a vibrational magnet when we talk about quantum physics and we're all vibrating energy um, whether it's your thoughts your emotions your actions your words they're all energy vibrating and what you're putting out is what you're attracting so <laughs> there's i don't know who did, who said the quote, but um, if we knew the power of our thoughts, um, you know, that there are magnets, there is what is attracting, what are creating our life, we would never have a negative thought again. Um, you are literally the creator of the microcosm of the universe that you are. So in this moment, just start with gratitude for who you are, what you are in this very moment, whatever your toolbox looks like, um, everything that has happened to you, good or bad, um, are just your teachers. 
Um, your unique story, all the things that you have done, lived, said, up until this point is your unique gift to the world that nobody else has. Um, you have a unique story, you have unique challenges, um, and that all creates a beautiful container of vulnerability that you have to share with other people um, as, a, as a story of strength, as an example, um, as a way to really connect to other people in sharing that story, whether it's on a stage in front of 50,000 people or it's in a coffee shop one-on-one -on -one with your best friend. Your vulnerability is an opportunity for genuine connection to others. And it starts with creating the time for yourself. Time for connection to yourself. Listen to your body. To ask yourself what you need. To recognize where you're struggling and what your challenges are. To ask yourself what you need to recharge. What brings you joy. So create three non-negotiables that you can do for yourself every week or every day. Things that are going to fill your cup, fill your batteries. And then sharing those things with your people. Seeking to know and understand and support what theirs are. We can't all be on the same path, and that's the beauty of humanity, is we're all very different. And so seeking to understand our differences is another thing that brings um, genuine connection. The beauty is in our differences. So seeking to hear, to see, to understand versus agree. So right now, today, instead of resolutions, decide how you want to feel. Hold all of your goals up against the light of these feelings. Make yourself a priority. You are worth it. Freedom is found by going inward. It's connecting inward. You have all the answers in there. Just create time and space for yourself to connect to them. Listen to that inner voice. Give yourself the time. The light in me honors the light in you. Namaste.